0: Didn't work out so well this year for Ohio State, uh, who's done for the season. And this is important, Obi. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Alabama won the game. I don't think anybody outside of the Georgia Bulldogs okay. is a great football team. I'm, I'm going to go on the record right now at the 412 mark on this show on November the 28th, 2023. I'm going to tell you right now, if Michigan plays a game, they will lose by two touchdowns. I guarantee that. Two touchdowns. So let's see what happens next week when Alabama gets a crack at the undefeated Bulldog. They win this football game. They're in the playoffs. Welcome to All Four Downs Podcast. I am Joe Aguirre. Obi Muniz will join us in a minute, as well our special guest. Well, I was right. I hate to say it, and I and I and I feel bad. And I'll tell you right now, there are uh, more than one school right now who's got uh, a gripe to make about the way the selection committee decided. Uh, it's not just Florida State. Ron DeSantis, the governor of that state, has announced he's going to put aside a million dollars so that they can sue the college football playoff. Uh, that's how angry people are. They're suddenly Seminoles fans all across the country. But we've got our final four. We know what our bowl games look like. They are a plenty. We also know who's in the running for the Heisman, and yes. One of those gentlemen is a wide receiver, Marvin Harrison Jr., despite the fact that overall his numbers compared to some of the top wide receivers in the game, not all that impressive. But it's been that kind of college football season. Uh, Welcome to the show, Ovi. um, Your Georgia Bulldogs are one of multiple teams who I think have every reason to be very upset with the way things shook out.
1: I'm just surprised, and this is another reason why I want to bring in our special guest, Max Chadwick, and momentarily. But I was just surprised that the since the college football committee was established, this late in the season, I've never seen a number one just fall out of the top four. I haven't seen it. Right? It's never happened. That's why. Right. I mean, we go back to the very first season of it where Mississippi State was number one and they lost right away and then they dropped. So I, you know, doing that, but I, the way the game ended by a field goal, right, I thought that maybe, just maybe slightly, you could squeeze in Georgia still in the top four and only Texas and Alabama be out. But then it wouldn't make sense because Alabama won lost team. Conference champion. I said if you put Texas, you gotta put Alabama. But damn, who else? Who else? Right? And Max, thank you for joining us. Uh, your input on this. I mean, I'm butthurt my Georgia Bulldogs in there, but I'm more butthurt. Momentarily, we will talk about Georgia being number six instead of Florida State. But what's your take on the rankings?
2: Um I hated them. Uh, I don't think there's any other way to put it. I think the rankings were a sham this year. Uh, I, I did not like them at all. I, I think um, I hate the best versus deserving argument. I really do. I, I think the best argument, I, I, I don't love it at all. I, I think the games are one loss in the field, um, and I think it should be the four most deserving teams. And, it, and honestly, if you want to do the four best teams, Ovi, I think you have a point. I think Georgia should absolutely be in the top four still if, if you want to go by best. But I don't think you should go by that. I think you go by deserving. And then for that reason, I think a 13-0 power five champion is absolutely one of the four best and should be number three, honestly. And I don't care who's playing quarterback for them. I don't care. Uh I think it has to be rated based off who's the most deserving teams, go one through four that way. Um, and it's just it's it's insane that they are left out of the top four because of an injury when you know Cardell Jones won a national championship, even though he was a third-string quarterback. You saw. Nick Foles won a Super Bowl, even though he was a backup quarterback. Like, imagine telling Ohio State and telling the Eagles, hey, sorry, you can't make the playoffs because you don't have your star quarterback anymore. Tough. You know, that, that sucks. That, that should never be any other sport we celebrate teams that persevere through injuries, and Florida State did just that, and they get punished for it. So uh, it's a shame. It really is a shame what happened to the College Football playoff this year, and thankfully it won't ever happen again. Because we are going to 12 teams, and this will never, ever happen again. You'll never have an undefeated Power 5 champion ever get left out again. You'll never have a Power 5 champion, period, get left out ever again. Uh, so that's, that's good, at least. But uh, it sucks that in the final year of this four-team era that this is what happens to uh, a deserving, well, more than deserving team. In I state.
0: feel like we deserve this because of the current system. And it's not like this is the first time there hasn't been a deserving champion, not a conference, an undefeated conference champion, but there's been teams in the past that have had a pretty good argument as to why they should not have been left out. Now, as you just said, and I, I can't agree with you anymore on that, next year there's probably going to be a couple teams that don't really deserve to be in the college football playoffs that will be there. But you know what? I like that. I like the idea of, I mean, heck, this year if you could add 12, I'd love to see Liberty. I think Liberty would be a deserving uh, number 12 if you had that going on this year. All that said, and I do feel terrible for Florida State, but can we be honest for a minute? Can, can we be honest and talk about what people don't want to talk about? The ACC is trash. It's trash football. It's basketball schools that are not very good. Florida State was fantastic this year. I'll, I'll give them credit. Their defense. I'll, I'll I'll say this. I'll admit this. Their defense is better than I thought it was, and I saw that the past few games how good their defense was. That said, Texas, who I don't I didn't think before the conference championship, I thought that was going to be a team that got left out. They went and took care of business in their conference championship game against Oklahoma State. Kudos to them for stepping up. Florida State, on the other hand, barely got by a basketball school in their conference championship. It wasn't very impressive. And by the way, the team they barely beat in their conference championship lost to another basketball school the week before on their home field as the number 10 team in the country. And it blew a 17 team parlay I had locked in otherwise. <laughs> Um,
1: you always oh, got, you yeah, always oh, got oh, bad luck when you do those parlays. Yeah, that's Hold the parlays. I, 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 that. I, <laughs> I feel you on that. I feel you
2: on that. I think I think you're being unfair to the ACC. I, I, you look at what Florida State did to LSU. LSU is one of the top teams in the SEC right now. Florida State destroyed LSU in that game. You look at what Louisville did all season. Um, I, Louisville's better than Oklahoma State. I think they're way better than Oklahoma State. And I think Florida State beating them by 10 – Uh, I don't care if it was sixteen to six or ten nothing or forty-one to thirty. If it was forty-one to thirty-one, Florida State would be in the playoff right now, which I think is a joke because it would be like, oh wow, maybe the offense is good enough, even though the defense didn't play that well. I mean, Louisville has a pretty damn good offense, and Florida State had one of the best
0: defensive performances we've seen all season. So, answer me this question, Max: Who's the best team in college football right now? To throw everything out the window, I'm asking you: Who who is the number one college football team in the country right this moment? Michigan. See, I still think it's Georgia by a lot. They lost. I mean, I, I you can't. Well, I, hold I, on, hold I, on, now, now I got to intervene here. Hold on, for they lost to, I would argue, the second best team in the country, and that's why Alabama is in the college football playoffs.
2: I don't. Again, I don't give. I don't care what best. I, I don't. That's again. I don't care about that. I don't. I'd rather watch Florida State get blown out by forty to Georgia or to Michigan, um, than watch. Alabama and Michigan played an awesome game. I would, because I would say, Hey, you know what? One of those teams deserves to be there. Now this is a unique situation where Alabama probably resume wise would have one of the four best resumes. But the problem is, is then Texas doesn't have a, one of the four best resumes. In my opinion, they would be left out. They beat Alabama. That's one unique situation where it's like, okay, Texas should be in over Alabama because they beat them in Tuscaloosa. Mm-hmm. Um, but otherwise, you got to go by the four best resumes, and Florida State absolutely has a four, one of the four best resumes in college football. So and, and honestly, if you care about strength of schedule that much and think, oh, this team uh deserves to be in, but you know, their strength of schedule isn't that good, so that's why they're left out. Why the heck is Liberty uh the group of five team? I think Liberty should be the group of five team. Let's just put it out there right now. But Liberty had the I think easiest schedule. I mentioned schedule. that
1: earlier in in this uh in previous episodes because Liberty now only went independent. But they went to the Conference USA. They were good independent. They handled their business there. You're absolutely right, Chat uh, Max. Excuse me. And they should have been ranked higher than what they are t- right now.
2: They should, yeah. But mm-hmm. also the argument was a reporter asked the playoff committee chairman who made the bowl games besides the playoff. They asked him, okay, why would you pick Liberty over SMU when SMU played a way harder schedule than Liberty? Liberty literally played the easiest schedule in the country this year. And they go well, yeah. Liberty played the easiest schedule, but they also won their games. So
1: oh, they, sure that's man. the argument it's for Liberty. SMU Why is that a a not the argument for conference State. champion too? So, I mean, yeah, it's it's hard, but the best team. Oh, you know what? The best team, really, in my opinion, and not because I'm a Georgia fan, is the Georgia Bulldogs. For the fact of this, every year they lose significant amount of players to the NFL and yet they still go at it over and over again. And you know what? Yeah, the game that mattered most, they lost. But you talk about Alabama, which they lost to Texas. They benched their starting quarterback. He comes back. Yeah, they're rolling again, right? But really, if there was a rematch, and then we go back at it again, right? Now we're going to have that discussion. What if they were to play again? Could Alabama actually do beat Georgia? And my answer is going to be no, right? And uh, then Georgia that. really stepped on themselves because they made two major mistakes. They missed a field goal in the first half that if it counted, if the kicker would have kicked, right. Um, would it be going to overtime or something like that? You know what I mean? But it's kind of hard to predict. The second, my half, opinion,
0: by the way, I knew you were screwed.
1: Big 10 to me was the worst, the worst conference because you only got two schools. You got Ohio state oh, and God. Michigan, everybody else. Look at the other side. How is Michigan playing a team like right. Iowa Fair. that for like four weeks in a row were averaging less than ten points a game?
2: Can, can I tell you this? I think is better than Oklahoma State. I think they are. I think Oklahoma State, I, I wish we got Oklahoma in that big twelve title game, but rather I think Iowa's their team. I like, think yeah, it would have been
1: a better game. You're absolutely right.
2: So I and I, I think, think it would have
1: been maybe a different outcome because I think Texas would have I, I you know, think jumping themselves Texas up, but
2: so far up just for beating a top 35 team in the country in my opinion mm-hmm. is is ridiculous and whereas Louisville I think is way better than Oklahoma State um, and Louisville defensively is one of as a top 10 to 15 defense in the country so the fact that a third string Florida State quarterback struggled shouldn't be a surprise when you're playing that kind of defense and um yeah I, I again I don't I don't know about the big 10 I you got Penn State there Penn State's the top 10 Penn to 15. Penn State He's always defender.
1: loses.
0: That's Penn the thing State. is like they they never have enough to get by Penn Ohio State, State, uh, State or Penn or Michigan. In that weird they're in that what? weird middle Who? tier of they're not good enough for for Michigan and Ohio State, but they're way better than everybody else. Tell, tell me, tell me, be. tell me who's beaten
2: Michigan and Ohio State besides Michigan and Ohio State and Georgia, whoever they play in the playoff. Nobody.
0: But right. if you look at their schedule, right, it's like that's why I'm not impressed by anything that happens there.
1: Look, they got big dudes. I'm telling you right now, Michigan got some big boys. Them defense, they they solid. I got to give credit. Also, but, the cheating
0: scandal, <laughs> n- nothing for that.
1: There's no <laughs> no one's talking about that anymore, right? That like, yeah, that went wow. out the window. We'll Everyone's see, we'll so worried happens.
0: about Florida State for some reason. Everyone's so worried about Florida State. Let's talk about Michigan cheating. I I mean, how is that not I, I don't understand how that just got pushed off to the side. Yeah. Yeah, but well, that'll hey, happen the offseason. I
2: think that that'll kill Michigan this offseason. I think Jim Harbaugh's on his way out, honestly, after this year. He's going back to the NFL. Really? I think. So, yeah, yeah. I
0: think,
1: I think uh, you know what? A lot of people are saying that he might go to Chicago, but what if, and this is my prediction, what if he goes to San Diego Chargers?
2: It's not bad either. I, I think he might go there. I think he, uh, he's got a connection. I think he's with, better, uh, best uh, Mark fit Davis with the Chargers. At, at Las yes. Vegas. Uh, He's got connections. I I think what he's going to do is I think he's going to take a team that needs a quarterback and he's going to draft JJ McCarthy, who he loves, um, Mm. probably higher than he should have. And I think that's what's going to happen. So the Chargers would be good, but also you're not taking a quarterback, obviously, with Justin Herbert there. Um, I think he could take a team like the Bears, take a team like the Raiders. I I know he's got connections with the Raiders, I know. Um, So maybe he does that. Like I I, I could see him doing that, but I do think this is going to, you know, stuff's gonna hit the fan this offseason with Michigan they might have some sanctions coming uh and right. he might he might bolt to the goat. NFL I, I, mean, I think he's right? I think he's a little I think he's a little ticked off at, at the NCAA right now he he got suspended twice this year let's not forget he, he was in right. the first three games he was out too so he's literally missed six of the 13 games that they played this year. Yeah um, we were so giving
1: sure out Oscars awards for his for his assistant coaches every time they won. <laughs> with all that crying.
0: <laughs> this is Coach <Yeah>. Harbaugh. <laughs> right. He's being persecuted for breaking the rules again. Yeah. Hey, before it's hard we to, move on. It's hard to feel bad for a guy who perpetually spits in the face of rules and has mm-hmm. always kind of done his own thing. Obviously, growing up, you know, uh in, in Jack Harbaugh's home, you know, I think he's got a unique perspective on life. He and his brother have obviously been in coaching for such a long time that uh, I, I think this guy completely lacks the every day, every man perspective in life. And I think that's why he gets in the trouble he gets into Max and he doesn't recognize or like, he never seems to take ownership of the things he does wrong.
2: Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to speak on his character at all. Or Let's attack guy. it. I, I do think he's a, I do think he's a, uh, I think he's a good guy. Honestly, I don't think there's anything. Um, like that. But I, I think he's a great leader of men. I, yes. Does he bend the rules sometimes? Sure. Um, what college, well, who what doesn't college, bend the rules, right? right? What great college coach doesn't bend the rules. I, I think yeah. the sign stealing, I don't know what's going to come out of this. I, I'm eager for the investigation to conclude, which is probably going to happen in this off season, hopefully. Uh, so that's why I, I understand them not really holding it to them, uh, for the playoff wise just this year, just because you don't know what's going to happen. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens with him, though, for sure. I, I do think this might be his last go-around at Michigan, though.
1: All right, hey, last argument for Florida State, and it's more towards the committee. You know, uh, Jordan Travis, he got hurt. The team didn't play well, but why would you, if they weren't good enough, why would they rank them number four and then drop them. You see what I'm saying? Like, yeah, the way the committee I, I, did it. I,
2: I push against not playing well. They beat Louisville by ten. I mean, this is like I don't care if it's 16 no. I mean, they or-
1: won. But what I what I'm saying is, is like it it's it's almost like you didn't really want Florida State there, right? And they're gonna use that excuse like, oh, well, they didn't play well, whatever. But you know, conference championship is over with. But you have three and a half weeks to get ready for your semifinal game, right? So you got time to package everything up because like you said earlier, Florida State beat LSU and they beat, they beat them senseless, mm-hmm. right? And I think that they were could be able to do it in a semifinals if they were given that opportunity. But instead,
0: now they're going against the Georgia Bulldogs in a bowl game. Let's throw this out there too. Uh, Boo Corrigan brought it up. I feel like no one wants to touch on this at all though. Florida State's strength of schedule is 55th. Alabama, just a 1-5. Fifth overall. Much harder schedule in a much tougher conference. Beat the best team on the planet over the last three years. I'm sorry. I said it on this show. If they beat Georgia, they're going to the playoffs. I The, the only thing that really upset me was the fact that Georgia also doesn't go. I thought they should have been
2: 3-4. Oh, I don't. I don't agree with that. That's an uh, argument I,
1: there. You know, I I would respect that they were number five, but not I, number
0: six. Can I give you one more? Because I listen. I, I I wrote a piece for the end, but I I don't think we're doing that because Max is here. So let me just give you a piece out of it. I brought up the fact that last year, third-ranked, undefeated TCU lost the Big Twelve championship game, and they dropped to four. Right. So, please tell me how Georgia losing to, again, I think the second best team in the country. I've been saying that for three months, Ovi. Right. On a neutral field by three to end a 29 game lose. That's now the sixth best. Saturday morning, most people thought that was the best team on the planet. By the afternoon, they're sixth? No. Nonsense. I, I'm sorry. I'm not buying that at all. I think Georgia has a much better uh, argument to make than Florida state does. I don't think so at all. I don't no, think so I know. I know you don't. <laughs> no I, I, think, I don't, I don't think fine. so at all.
2: I, I think they listen. They had their shot and they lost. I mean, next team up. So I listen, they, they 13, and zero. I mean, 13, zero power five champions, never been left out before, and it should never happen. And it's happened now. Um, it's thankfully again, this will never happen again uh, with next year, but it sucks. That it had to happen in the last year. Um, and, you know, the committee ranking, and I know you disagree with this. So this is. I'm glad you disagree with it. But the committee ranked Florida State five and Georgia six. So if we're arguing best four teams and then you put Florida State above Georgia, that's the criteria? That is the argument, criteria? For, me. What's right, the criteria is argument for me. I'm sorry. What's the criteria here? Yeah. So if you're telling me that you think Florida State is better than Georgia, then why did Alabama jump Florida State for beating Georgia? And Florida State's never lost a game. I don't understand. I, I Again, it's the committee, I don't think, it made any sense with these rankings. Um, and I thought it was pretty simple. I think you had the three power five undefeated champions. They get mm-hmm. in. One, two, three. And then after that, you have Alabama, who has a better resume than Texas overall. They do have a better resume than Texas. But Texas beat Alabama in Alabama. The games have to matter. And, you know, the right. best thing about college football is the regular season. And this committee's decision devalued the regular season more than any expansion ever would have. So, I don't know. I, I think they really got it wrong. I understand it was a tough call. I, I hated leaving out Alabama um, in my, what I would have done. But at the same time, it's just the games have to matter and they clearly don't matter right
1: now. Well, the good news is is that you have four conference champions in the top four. They're going to go head-to-head in a couple of weeks and uh, more to follow on these bowl games coming up. But more or so is – this weekend coming up is the Heisman finalists that was announced. And I like y'all input because you got Bo Nix, Jaden Daniels, Marvin Harrison, Jr. And Michael Penix, Jr. Uh, these are the top four. And Max, I'll start with you first. Who is your favorite and why?
2: Uh, I don't even think this is close. I, I think it's J- Jaden Daniels by a landslide. I, I think he's been clearly the best quarterback and clearly the best player, uh, in college football this season, um, he has 1,250 rushing yards. It's like top 15 in the country, no matter what position—running back or quarterback. Um, he was the highest graded quarterback this year. He was the had the second highest graded passing this year, so he was just as good of a passer, I think, as Penix and Bo Nix. Um, and then he adds the fact that you're the best runner in the country by a mile. I think this is one of the best seasons we've ever seen by a quarterback, in my opinion. It's just the fact that LSU lost three games that is not being talked about that way. Like, I think this is a level that we've seen Joe Burrow play. At. This is a level that we saw, um, other guys play, like Mac Jones, who I remember a couple years ago, had a great year like this, too. Uh, he didn't win the Heisman, obviously, because his receiver, Devontae Smith, won it. But Kyler Murray, like it's like that kind of season, in my opinion. And the only reason they lost was the defense. I mean, in the three losses, LSU gave up 142 points in those three games. That's about 50 points a game damn near. So I, I think this is easily Jane Daniels. I'm happy that he's the runaway favorite now. And in a sense, again, I don't, I don't root against or for teams, but in a way, I was a little happy when Washington beat Oregon because I think if Oregon won that game, Bo Nix would have won the Heisman, uh, and I don't think that would have been deserved. But I think Jaden Daniels, he he deserves it, and I think he's end up going to actually win it too.
1: Okay, great argument. I mean, great not argument, great great support on your answer, Joe.
0: Look, Michael Penix Jr., I, I remember when he first came into college football, I think he was rooming with Peyton Manning. Um, I'm just joking. Uh, I love I love all of these guys. Uh, I, I don't want to just agree with Max. I do think uh, Jaden Daniels has definitely separated himself from the rest of the pack. I think he's put together one of the finest seasons uh, that we've ever seen. Kudos to Bo Nix. Uh, yeah. I find it interesting that Bo Nix... <laughs> I had to go all the way to the Pac-12 to find himself. Uh, that's that's not that's that's you know. No, I think he went over is.
1: there to find a good coach so he could. Well, whatever. Well.
0: <laughs> listen, uh, we we've been waiting. You know, as long as this podcast has been in existence, we've talked about Bo Nix being such a huge disappointment. It's been nice to see him sort of uh, achieve that level that I think we all knew he could. I love Michael Penix Jr. I know he's on the seven-year plan. He's like the Van Wilder of college football. I totally dig that about him. He's so much fun to watch. I'm excited for him in the college football playoffs. I do think he comes in third in this race, which I think is pretty great for him. I think his prospects going forward are pretty outstanding. I uh, I love Marvin Harrison Jr. I like that there's a wide receiver in here. He's not even close statistically to the best wide receiver in the game. I know the argument goes uh he's so dynamic that maybe he's the best player uh and that this isn't a quarterback award so why not Marvin Harrison Jr but uh Max nailed that it. it's number 5.
1: Yeah. yeah. I I'm agree with uh I'm agree. I'm agree. I agree you go you both have it and I at the at the first half of the season we were uh talking about Michael Penix Jr right? Yeah. And then all of a sudden uh, Jaden comes around and I like the way he plays because he has a lot of resilience. He falls down, he gets back up. I think he's third in the passing yards, but as for a quarter, I think he's number one in rushing for quarterbacks, right? Yeah, he is. Yeah, uh, if you put those yardage together, I mean, he outshines all four of them. But Marvin Harrison Jr., if he would have had an actual quarterback, we would be talking about him because he is so dynamic. But I am, you know. I think it's a landslide here. Yeah, Jayden sixty-seven Daniels catches. Is, is, sixty-seven
0: right. catches in twelve games just is not no that impressive. No, I don't uh, think he should really. be there.
2: I, I think, I think, I, I don't even think he should win the Blitnikoff or even come in second for the Blitnikoff. Honestly, so I yeah, think, think that, that coming
1: fourth. <laughs> yeah, honestly, for... I don't,
2: I don't, mean, I, I think you can make an argument for that too. Okay. I, I think it's kind of. I didn't love that one. I know he's going to come in fourth for the Heisman, but I yeah that that argument I, I think is a little too a uh, little too much hype. Uh, he's a terrific player. Don't be wrong. He deserved the Blitnikoff last year. He should be a top three pick in the NFL draft, but. Just looking at the Heisman, no, he's he should not be a Heisman. No, nah, I would so, like, I like work, to have Harrison
1: on. Jr. for the New York
0: Giants, but I don't oh, think that yeah. can happen either, right? Because yeah, you know, the Giants are winning like idiots. <laughs> yeah, Max, right. let me ask you this before we move on. You know, I know obviously Caleb Williams, by all accounts, most people still think he's the number one draft pick. Uh, kind of a disappointing season. He statistically played pretty well. Is there did this affect his stock at all? Or no? Um, I think it, I think,
2: first of all, I think he played, if if he played worse than last year, it's only by slightly. I really don't think it's, it's that big. I, I think he still was an elite quarterback this year. Mm-hmm. But I think it exposed a weakness that we kind of had going into this season for him. And it, and he it kind of took it. And that weakness, the, the lights kind of shined out that weakness even more. Uh, and it's the fact that he doesn't, play within structure that much. He kind of tries to always make the backyard football play uh, and and do that. And don't get me wrong. He is fantastic at that. And when he does play within the structure and he stays in the pocket, just delivers the ball, he's elite at that too. But I think he's a little, he tries to overcome And Now he might, he might be doing that because he knows his defense is terrible and he knows, Hey, if I don't score a freaking touchdown on every drive, we're not winning this game. Uh, Like he put up 42 points on Washington and lost the game by 10. So it, I think in a lot of ways he was kind of – he was playing hero ball because he needed to play hero ball. It's not like when other quarterbacks play hero ball and they have a great defense and it's like, what the heck are you doing, man? Um, Caleb did it because he needed to. So that's why I'm kind of – I'm hesitant on saying, oh, it's going to be an issue in the NFL. If he does it in the NFL, it's, it's going to be an issue. But he might learn, hey, okay, I might have a defense that I can actually rely on somewhat. Uh, so I, I still think he's the clear number one – I'm not clear. I think I still think he's the number one guy. Um, if you want a guy who you can trust to play within your offense and trust to just do what the play is designed to be, that's Drake May probably. But there's something about Drake, Caleb Williams that I just think he has special talent and ability. He's just got to rein it in a little bit, and I think he will ultimately. I, I just think this is a dumpster fire year for USC in a lot of ways. They lost a lot of talent in a lot of areas, not just defensively. Uh, and he kind of was ha- had to play hero ball by himself. Um, that's why you saw the, the Notre Dame game especially. I think that's the one game that I think he lost by himself. But other than that, I mean, nothing else I think was was his fault. So I, I still think he's, he's a very elite quarterback prospect.
1: Mm-hmm. We talk about Caleb Williams, and he, he could be the first-rounder. But the thing is, for a first-round pick, excuse me, but Carolina Panthers have the worst record in the NFL, but they gave up their draft. And now the Chicago bears has it as they're going to be number one to pick. Do you think he'll go to Chicago bears or was somebody draft to take it?
0: I, I, I mean, was somebody should.
1: trade to get it?
2: Uh, I think they should take him. I, I think they should take him now, of course, over Justin Fields. Offer. Yeah. 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 I mean, Fields mm-hmm. is showing you what he's at, at best, like an average quarterback this year. I mean, um, and that's, this is what year three, year four for him. Uh, you're to have to, and the other thing I, I want to keep in mind with this is that, yeah, I, feel, I like Fields still. I think Fields could end up being a good quarterback. But the problem with Fields right now is that you're going to have to pay him. He, he's coming up on the end of his rookie contract right now. And you're a team that's kind of <laughs> rebuilding in a lot of ways. they got to hire a new coach, I would expect. At, after this season, they should hire a new coach. Um, they should hire an offensive coach. Are you, are you really going to want to commit that much money to Justin Fields when you still have no idea what he is? I'd rather restart the clock with Caleb Williams on a rookie contract. I mean, rookie quarterback contracts are the most valuable thing in the NFL right now. I would rather restart with Caleb Williams, um, then give it a big contract or even like a $40 million deal, which in the NFL is not that much for a quarterback. Even giving that to Justin Fields is, is really risky in my opinion. So restart, give draft Caleb Williams, get a good offensive coach like Ben Johnson from the, from the lions. Um, and just restart that way. That way you have a lot of money to play with. You can surround him with more talent on the offensive line and the receivers and on defense. Uh, I, I think I would rather do that than if you stick with Justin Fields, you have to pay Justin Fields too. That's another thing. It's not just picking, oh, would I rather have J- Caleb Williams or Justin Fields. No, there's more factors in play here. Uh, whereas one guy, Caleb Williams, would will be playing for $4 million a year. Justin Fields, you're probably paying $35 to $40 million a year. So that, that I think is another huge factor in that decision too.
0: You know, you're, you're saying this to two Giants fans, and I think the, the big difference, right, between the Giants deciding to pay Daniel Jones and the Bears still kind of laughing, you're like, well, come on, this kid's got all the talent in the world. Mm-hmm. I, the Giants finally saw Daniel Jones as the guy last year and recognize he's got the skill set and ability to, to get them where they need to be. Obviously, this year was a disaster, but as you just pointed out, Max, Justin Fields hasn't shown Anything to make this team think, hey, let's give this guy a long-term deal because right. the, the skills, it's no right. there's no denying this guy's skill set. Mm-hmm. But it has not translated for the Bears at all. And for them to invest, I agree with you. I think it makes a lot more sense. Draft a quarterback, restart the, the clock, right? You got five years on this guy on a rookie deal to put a good team around him, like you said, it gives you the financial flexibility you lose if you pay Justin Fields.
2: And another thing too, is like, it's not like this is uh 2021 year where you have Kenny pick or even last year. I mean, Bryce young, I, I think Caleb Williams is a quarterback prospect. I know before the season we everyone was talking about, is he a luck or Lawrence? I don't think he's on that level, but I think at the next level, um, in terms of recent memory, I'm trying to think right now. Like Kyler Murray was very hyped up. I think he's on that level at least, if not better than Kyler Murray was coming out. Um, so I think it's not like he's just some, you know, ho hum quarterback like a Jared Goff when he was coming out. Like, he was like, oh, this guy's good, but he's not like amazing. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think this is like no, this is a this is a really elite quarterback prospect that um, I, I think the Bears would be honestly. I think they'd be foolish too to trade the pick or to take anyone but Caleb Williams at number one.
1: Duly noted. I'm going to have to redo my uh, mock draft and put him at number it's one. It's funny.
0: I've been saying this to Ovi for like three months. You say it to him once, and he's like, he's <laughs> a raging stuff. Like, we yeah. Redo everything. Yeah. What? Oh, really? You know what? That's, it, that's how this but, goes. Max says to me, feels- like, Yes. Trust yes, me, I that. That's golden. Time, you know
1: what? Golden. What he says is golden. There you go. <laughs> all right. So let's see if we can keep that rolling because the question I have next is going back to the uh, college football playoffs is who are your favorites? We have Michigan versus Alabama, Washington versus Texas. Which two teams will collide for the college football national championship?
2: Man, this is tough. Oh, man, this is tough. Um, ha, ha, ha. Uh, That's why you're uh, here.
1: Let's I know, go. it's tough.
2: I'm going to go. All right, so I before the season, I picked Michigan to win it all. I'm still going to pick Michigan to win it all. I think they're going to beat Alabama in what is an ultra-tight game. That game is a national championship game. Uh, that game's, I, I think whoever wins that game is winning the national championship. So I think mm-hmm. Michigan wins in a very close game. Uh, like maybe a one or two point game. I might even predict it to be when I have to do my predictions, but that one I'm picking Michigan. The other one is interesting. I, I, I think, I think I might go with Washington. I think Washington has the weapons that can really challenge uh, Texas and Quinn look great against Oklahoma state, but again, Oklahoma state's defense is not good at all. It really isn't. So Washington has a better defense. They have some pieces uh, in a secondary I like. They have Braylon Trice, who's one of the top edges in the nation. Um, That'll be a great offensive game, I think. And we got this in the bowl game last year, too. Washington versus Texas is also a great game. A lot of the same players, too. So um, that's another one. I I truly don't know who I'd pick in that one either. But if I had to pick, I think I would pick Washington in in an ultra. I think these are two great, great games that will come down to the wire. And I think if I had to pick, I would probably pick Michigan and Washington to meet in the national championship.
1: You said Michigan and Washington. Yes. All right, Joe.
0: Listen, I agree, much like with the Heisman thing. I I agree with most of what Max says here. Uh, I also think Washington will beat Texas. And in in the Michigan Alabama game, I do think that's going to determine who the national champion is. The only way and and place, well, I, I differ from Max. I think Bama wins this game. and then I think Bama beats Washington. Doesn't even give Texas a, 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 a you know, they don't even get to to make up the losses, but they won't need to because uh, I, I think Bama, I think Bama shows the world how good they are and how far they've come from a bad Week Two loss, where you know Milrow loses the job. The whole thing, I mean, I remember, Obi. I said to you, I'm like, oh, boy, this is, uh, you know, this idea that you could just stick a quarterback in and you're just going to be great. Well, they figured it out. This team, here's the other thing. Let's not forget, Alabama's now won 11 games in a row. This team is firing, I think, on all cylinders. Uh, but I do. I think the Crimson Tide, I think, uh, like Nick Sabin was saying pregame, in one of the great pregame speeches in the history of football, period. Uh, You got to go out there and get yours. I think Bama shows the world why they're the most hated college football program in the country. Wow. I'm
1: surprised both of you left out Texas, knowing that they've had their ups and downs as well. Um, I'm sorry. I might have to disagree with Washington. I'm going for Texas. I think Texas – Man, their offense, the last couple of weeks, they, they, they've they shown that they could put up points on there, and they've been battle-tested. I got Texas defeating Washington. And the way I've seen the Michigan offense, I have to lean with Alabama. Wow. And I'm thinking Alabama-Texas, a rematch of what happened in t- 2010, the BCS National Championship. Y'all remember that? Uh, I I sure did. Um, and, but I forgot the name of that quarterback that got hurt. Was it McCoy? I think
2: it was Cole McCoy. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's, oh my God. It's coming back. Um, I think that would be a rematch that, you know, we're, we're still taught because for one, I, I don't want to hear the cheating scandal again with Michigan, especially in the national championship, but that's not the reason why Uh, like I said, I I'm not liking the Michigan offense. Uh, I think the quarterback is a little shaky, especially the last two games that I've seen Michigan like that offense. I know they got a great running game, but so does Alabama. But Alabama has good defense, too. Uh, I think that's going to be a low score game. I, I feel like that game, it has that championship mentality compared to Texas and Washington. I think that's going to be a high score game. I think if if, if the over under is 60, I'm taking over 60 on that game. But I'm I'm leaning uh, I'm leaning on Alabama and Texas I really do.
2: Fair. It's totally fair. Yeah, I see I see both games. I mean, I, if you pick either team to eat win either game, I'm I
1: completely. I I picked the under. Well, I haven't seen the over under yet on these games. I'm waiting till later. But if there was like maybe fifty one fifty two, I, I I got a feeling Michigan Alabama might go under because I think this is a defensive game.
0: Yeah. So do I. You know what, Max, right? I think if you throw out the controversy, you forget about Florida State, Georgia, and Ohio State here, and you just look at what we're left with, forgetting everything else, this is going to be some really good football that we're going to see here. And I, I think that's that's the win that everybody gets out of this, ultimately, is that we're going to get three really good football games.
2: Yeah, we should. I, I think the, the semifinals for sure should be really good football games. Uh, I think that there's a chance the championship game might get a little ugly. Uh, depending on who wins, uh, but yeah, I don't know if Texas can pull it off again. If, if they beat Washington, I don't know if Texas can pull off a win over Alabama again, and I don't know if Texas can beat Michigan either. I, I uh, but as, as
1: long I, as Ewers doesn't get hurt, <laughs> then they're they're fine. But once he falls down, like their backup is, well, yeah, he
0: plays against what? Michigan or Bama, you could bet he's gonna fall down a few times. So, let's yeah. but so we'll but see. imagine
1: having twelve teams right now for the playoffs. This is what we're looking at right now. This is beautiful. I would dig this at any given time. I would. All right? Because now you have on the far left, Oregon versus Mizzou, Oklahoma versus Florida State, and the winners of those games go over and visit Michigan and Alabama, right, to the Sugar Bowl and Fiesta Bowl. On the other side, you have a rematch of Georgia and Ole Miss, Penn State versus Ohio State, and then the winner goes against Washington and Texas. So... This for next season looks worthy enough, and I don't want to hear people argue about well, this team. You know, no one's arguing for eleven or twelve because, really, to be honest with you, I really don't care who's below like ten or over. I don't care. No, you know no, what Not, I mean? not like,
0: for nothing. If this was this year, imagine <laughs> if you're Ole Miss, you're like, "Oh come on, is <laughs> next. Get out of here. That's no way." <laughs> Oh no, Penn State! Right
2: now,
1: look at Penn State. Damn, (laughs) I gotta play them again.
0: Yeah, (laughs) right. That's hilarious.
2: Yeah. Oh my god. That's not even. Liberty would probably take Oklahoma spot because you have to have a Group of Five champion in. So Liberty would be playing Ah, Florida State.
0: I love that. uh, Yeah. Right to play
2: Alabama. So yeah, it'd be a lot of fun for sure. I, I am very, very excited for next year for sure. I'm very excited
1: uh definitely definitely and then you know what at by that time I'm like what I don't care I think I still argue who's the final four but everybody else I don't care just go ahead and beat yourselves up because you know come to those sugar bowls those four teams that we selected are going to win all right but uh well I can't say to guarantee maybe three out of four next year who knows or maybe we'll have uh SEC biased right uh where's that photo right there here we go oh man like there's a lot of memes going on right now on social media about sec because of alabama going from eight to number four but it's it's however I'm, i'm glad that they're not using the eye test like we heard the last two years right um but the resume and everything else some of it just throughout the season just didn't make sense and this is the reason why next year we have 12-team 12, uh, 12 playoffs. So I'm liking that there. Yeah. Uh, listen, you had an opportunity to interview and you started your own podcast. I remember the first time we talked to you, you were planning on doing something. And uh, we have fun talking about football because at the end of the day, you know, when you have a podcast, you know, it's all about having fun. We talk about a lot right. of things and everything else but your podcast is called Host, um, you host Preferred Walk-On, and you've been able to interview a lot of athletes. Uh, Who is your favorite athlete that you uh, interviewed?
2: That's a good question. Um, I think there's a couple ways I can go with that answer. Uh, I've had the privilege of, of interviewing some huge players. I mean, the biggest one for me like a, like a holy cow moment for me it was when I interviewed uh Caleb Williams one on one for like 20 minutes. That that was so cool. Um, he just came off the Heisman trophy. Uh, <laughs> he literally won the Heisman t- two months before I interviewed him. So I interviewed him. I was actually at the count at the combine, I did it in my hotel room. Like he was he was incredible. Um, I interviewed Jaden Daniels too, who's gonna ult- ultimately win the Heisman. I interviewed Bo Nix, um, and then some guys that like aren't maybe as massive as those guys who are all either heisman trophy favorite heisman trophy winners or or finalists um some guys that i've like interviewed that have uh been kind of guys i kept in touch with since like jason newton from illinois who might be a top 10 pick in the draft the defensive tackle uh he is a guy that i have a great relationship with to this day he and i you know message sometimes and he's a great dude uh donovan edwards from michigan the running back he had made my favorite interview i've ever done he was hilarious Ah, uh, Cooper Beebe from Kansas State was also Larry. Like I, I've had a lot of really fun, funny players, and then I've also interviewed a lot of really amazing players too. And hopefully, we're gonna do more uh, this off season. But uh, my favorite one probably was Caleb Williams, just because it was like, wow, like I'm, I'm just talking to this guy one on one for 20 minutes, and it was, it was super cool. Um, but I, I've had a lot. Every interview I've done, I've had a lot of fun talking to these guys and and making them human beings. You know, I, I'm trying to tell their story. Um, and not just a lot of times you just look at these guys as a number and kind of just a robot out there they're not that you know they're human beings and i I try to get their story out of them and um try to humanize them because i know you know in a lot of ways we dehumanize them in terms of how we treat them uh so it it, it, every single guy i talk to coach player media personality whatever i I always um have a really good time talking to them and just picking their brain and, and hearing their story honestly
1: Joe, that I was your that. cue, man.
0: <laughs> yeah, no. I, 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 you know, it's funny. I'm I'm sitting here and I'm and I'm just sort of like uh nodding, Amazed? admiring Max. Yeah. For, you know, I I I love that you do that, and and I, you know, look, we this this world that we currently are living in, uh, you know, where where uh people take sides in murder. Uh, and terrorist attacks and it's 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 a weird time, you know, and, and you talked about the idea of humanizing these people. And I think that's exactly what we need. That's mm-hmm. exactly the kind of content I, I think people are looking for where, mm-hmm. you know, you're you're just having a fun conversation with 20 year old dudes. Yeah. Uh, you know, you're not too far removed from college yourself, man. Right. It's like, you know what it's like. These guys are living pretty incredible lives right now and as you said a lot of them are really funny dudes and it's kind of cool to sort of see beyond the face mask like who are exactly. these guys what are they all about so kudos <laughs> to you for 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 making that your path i think that's it's exactly what this world needs right now
2: thank you man i appreciate that and yeah that's another thing too is like you got to remember they're 20 years old like man, like sometimes you look at these like Caleb man it's like Caleb's getting torn to shreds in, in terms of how he's behaving like, dude, if I was 20 and you had a camera on me all the time and see how I was behaving, I probably wouldn't look too great either. And I don't I don't think there's any uh character concerns with Caleb Williams at all. I think that stuff is overblown, uh right. as well. So um, yeah, I, I just you gotta remember, like, not only are these human beings, which I think you need to remember in pro sports too, but they're kids, these are kids, man. And, and like oh, that's why it Max, is, Max you know, he
0: took about. a lot of flack for crying, and it's like, I'm sorry, you Don't want your guy to be emotional about like what are you guys even talking about? You know what the worst part?
1: I would love to go to my mom and 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 give her a hug and just you know pour out my tears. I mean that's it's he's human.
2: Do you know what the worst (laughs) part about that was? The week before that, they were saying he didn't care at all because he was kind of sulking on the sideline when they lost. So either he doesn't care or he cares too much. It's like what do you want this kid to do, man? I mean, I, I, and again, he. I, I will say this right now. I think Caleb Williams is the biggest waste of talent we've ever, we've seen college football in recent memory. I really do. He has been one of the best quarterbacks in college football that we've seen in, in a long time, just three years. And he's never made the playoff in any of those three years, not to his fault at all. He's a massive waste of talent. So for him to be soaking on the sideline, to be upset, to be crying to his mom. Yeah. I'd do the same thing. If not more, honestly, with how I'd be like, dude, what are you like? What is going on with me right now? Like, um, so yeah, he's never ever they've 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 talked to him in the press conferences too about his defense. And trust me, he could complain about them if he wants uh, because if they're letting up 50 points a game, it's like what do you want me to do? He's never done that. He goes now. Listen, they, they're doing they're doing what they can. We're doing what we can. I, I, I there's a few plays today that I I missed. You know, I, I threw three incompletions out of my 50 passes. I, I should have completed those passes. It's like this guy is trying to be perfect, and he's never once uh, put a teammate under the bus. Publicly, at least. So, yeah, the, I, the character concerns with him are complete, complete BS. Uh, and I don't, I think it's, I think it's awful that you know it's even a talking point with him. Honestly,
0: you remember that you brought the, it up. You remember the pre-draft yep. stuff with Trevor Lawrence when his dad's like, "Yeah, you know, he likes football. He's not all that into it," or whatever his dad said. And it's like, you <laughs> yeah. know, right? Like, you you just can't win with people. Like, he doesn't take it too seriously. Well, he doesn't care. Well, he's crying. <laughs> he's a. Like you, yeah. you just can't win. And again, these are kids. Yeah. I, I, I bring that up, Obi. How often do I talk about the idea that you're, you know, one of the things that upsets me about guys like Jim Harbaugh, and well, and a Tucker, lot of people
1: upset you, and he's not the only one. They
0: do. I, I still <laughs> to this day, I think Dan Mullins should never be allowed near anyone under twenty five. I think he's a detriment to society. i like he's a. I, Max, I know you don't want to impugn <laughs> characters here, but I, I don't care. Uh, I, I, you know, I think. Listen, wins are important. Running a good program is important, but you're also teaching eighteen to twenty two year olds how to be men, how to win and lose with dignity, being humble, being part of a community, understanding the bigger picture, getting guys who are pro level ready for for a life in the nfl that's the job of a college football coach and some of these guys are in it and they love their kids and some of these guys are in it for themselves and they love the money and the guys that are in it for the wrong reasons like i i gotta tell you Deion sanders i think Deion sanders is saying all the wrong things to those dudes at colorado Deion Sanders has lived an incredible life, is one of the greatest of all time, and he's a pretty damn good coach. But to be telling your backup cornerback, take receipts, man. It's us against – it's like, no, dude, it's Deion, it's you. It's you against the world that they like us. It's you they have a problem with. Him telling those kids that kind of nonsense when instead when they lost a couple of games, he should have sucked it up and been like, you know what? This is on me. It's my fault. Own up to it. Instead, it's like, let me blame everybody else in the world. I don't think you're doing these kids, especially the ones that aren't going to the NFL. You're not doing them any favors teaching them that nonsense.
2: Yeah, it, it sucks. It, it, there are some people, obviously, that are in it for the wrong reasons. Um, But, yeah, again, like it's just the, the, the big thing I think people need to remember is that these are kids. Man, these, they really are. And, and it sucks that you know, I mean, I don't know if any of us want to look back at how we were in our college days and, and you know, have that be broadcast to the world or anything like that. Like they, the, the amount of pressure that is on these kids is incredible. Um, and the fact that they, a lot of them don't, you know, get in trouble off the field or anything like that is incredible too. And there's this much, you know, star power and all that. So um it's, it's an insane time in college football right now. And uh yeah, I've just, I've been lucky, like I said, to talk to a lot of these top players and get their stories and kind of just see what makes them tick, honestly. So that's been a really cool process that I think hopefully we're going to do pretty soon too. Now that the season's kind of wrapping up, we're going to hopefully do it during the off season again, but yeah, it was super cool talking to those guys.
1: Well, I'm definitely going to tune in to your, your podcast, prefer walk on definitely going to have that in our website. So everyone tune in to match Chadwick. Because, man, like I said, to see you and doing your thing, you make us proud because, wow, we had you and our show, and there you go, hitting in your business. But another business you need to take care of is joining us here on the Capital One Bowl Mania on the Fantasy ESPN website. Go ahead and scan your QR code and join our prediction show. That's right. Pick your teams and pick them before the games are played. And the winner, well, I'm not giving you no $1 million, but uh, I'll give you props here on the podcast and let you know, hey, good job. But uh, as always, I'm going to win. My boy Hector already made his prediction. He says Michigan over Texas, 34 to 30 is the final score. And I'm just going to have to break his heart and tell him, look, Alabama versus Texas is going to be. And uh, maybe, Max, you'll tell me, nah, man, Michigan and Washington. And Joe's like, no, Alabama. But he's a Bama fan, so,
0: you know, ups and tides. Hold on. (laughs) Hold on. How dare you? Max, I'll have you know, when this show started, my college football allegiance really has always been to the Syracuse Orange. Mm. I know you're a, you're a Q's guy yourself. So yep, uh, I've all that was always who I followed. I'm I was sorry, always- by the way. <laughs> I know. It's funny. I was <laughs> on a show I'd earlier today talking about ever since Syracuse went to the ACC been a disaster it's been disaster and in a like, lot of
2: in a lot of sports it's been a disaster they wanted yes. that mm-hmm. ACC
0: money and now there's no wins no championships no postseason in the basketball went down oh. yeah
2: it's been a, it's that's been nothing short of a disaster since they went be there. careful
0: what you wish for I always say that was that's a prime example of it they were they were kings in the big east yep
1: I miss the Big East football. I really do.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. do I, man. That was, was oh, it was,
2: it was, was it, Miami and West Virginia,
1: Syracuse. Old, old, I mean, yeah. Dudes,
2: yeah. Oh, it was great. It was great. I agree.
1: Well, I think, was it Rutgers there too, right? Yeah. Rutgers, yeah. they had a couple of yeah. great years
0: there. Yeah. They had some really good times there, but. Yeah. Yeah,
1: See, money. Ruckers no,
0: could All money make, is good. Same money. argument for Ruckers. Life in the <laughs> ACC are uh, in the Big Ten. Yeah. Wait, where are oh, they? you gonna, I'm talking Big about Ten. disasters? Ruckers joining yeah. the
2: Big Ten for both parties. I, I think yeah. the Big Ten uh, adding Ruckers is one of the biggest mistakes in realignment we've ever seen. I, I think I, I can't believe. It. Like, if you look back at it, I, the Big Ten lost probably a lot. By, by a
0: head scratcher on that one. That's yeah. not the team I would have chosen either. I, 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 you know that that one strikes me as weird, but. Um. Look, I, I, I'm excited for the future. I'm excited for the 12 teams. I really think if, if college basketball has taught us anything, you know, there was a time when Ovi and I were kids, Max, where the idea of a one beating a 16 was absurd. Two and a 15, three and a 14. And now pretty much see one of those every year. It's led to, I think, parity, a a, a stride towards parity in college basketball, something that clearly in college football there just isn't. Yeah. I wonder if this might not sort of open the door to a little bit more parity, at least amongst some of the top teams in college football.
2: And I think it absolutely will. I think that will do it. I think transfer portal will do it. Whereas it's so easy now for these kids to go to different schools. You're seeing it now, I think over a thousand players have entered the portal and just opened up like yesterday. Yes. Uh, so that that's another way. NIL. Uh, I understand some schools have way more money than others. So it might create a disadvantage in that way. But in other ways too, it's like, okay, one kid is like, Hey, I can, if I'm a backup at Alabama, I'm probably not gonna make that much money, but I can start for Miami and make a lot of money for Miami So, I might go to there. So, like that, that, you know, then all of a sudden Miami gets better. So, it's like, yeah, I think in a lot of ways, college ball parity is getting better. And I'm glad they're expanding the playoff because you look at any other level of football, NFL has 14 playoff teams. Uh, Even FCS has like 32 or 28. I got to look at the number again. But high school football has like 30 in terms of state playoffs, like that, too. So, college football, the fact that it's four. Is a little crazy. The fact that you start the playoffs during the semifinals is a little crazy. So I think 12, 12 is a is a good number. Maybe it'll keep going if it works out. I don't know. Um, but I I'm ex- I'm certainly excited to get the the twelve team playoff next year for sure.
1: Absolutely. Same here, man. Same here. No more arguments. This should not be any room for arguments. I'm sorry.
2: Yeah. Like,
1: I I don't know. I don't know if there will be. I mean, what what would you argue?
2: Right. You, you you'd never it argue. To make it? Yeah, you'll never argue for a team that you think can win it all. Whereas right now, I mean, you I, I don't – again, I argued for Florida State to make it only because I think they deserve it. I don't think they can win it all. But ter- teams that could win it all that are left out, Georgia, Ohio State, Oregon gets hot again, who knows? Like I think those are three schools right there that could win it all, and they're not in the comfortable playoffs. So that won't ever happen again. I don't think there will ever be a school that gets left out They go, man, they were in there, they might win it all. And, and I think Georgia is the, the number one team in that. Uh, where Georgia very easily could win it all if they were in the, if they were in the college football playoff and they're not. So uh, yeah, that's why I'm very excited. Cause I, I don't think, again, we'll, we'll have arguments as to who should be the number 11 and 12 team and all that. But you look at the number 11 and 12, like, I don't think anyone thinks Ole Miss can win actually with a national championship or Penn mm-hmm. state or anyone like that. But mm-hmm. I think, uh, I, I do think that you'll get more fun arguments as to like, who should actually be there, but I don't think you'll we'll argue for any of them actually winning at all this year. Like I said, there's three schools right there, Georgia, Ohio State, and Oregon, that I think if they catch fire, yeah, they have they certainly have the capabilities of winning it all uh, if they were in it this year.
1: Man, the best thing is, is that we won't be hearing people opting out of a bowl game because right. now they have a That's purpose thing. of playing. Yes. Uh, but, Max, Joe, thank you so much. This has been an awesome show. Glad Max that you you've been a part of the All Four Downs podcast again, and we can't wait to bring you back. Uh, but Joe, the final whistle is yours. Uh, you want to hit it strong and uh, let your emotions out, man. This is
0: this is your time. Yeah, I appreciate that, and thank you. Look, Florida State has every reason to be upset with the College Football Committee. An un- undefeated Power Five conference winner, they're supposed to make the playoffs. I know they're fans, and there's a lot more Seminole fans than I thought they were. They're very upset. And many were shocked at the snub. But it's FSU's Orange Bowl opponent who I think has the best gripe. Yeah, the two-time defending champs not getting a chance to defend their title despite a 29-game winning streak that came to an end in a three-point loss against what I think is the best the second-best team in the country on a neutral field. I pointed this out earlier, but TCU fell from three to four last season after losing the Big 12 championship, and they had been undefeated up until that point. Georgia dropped five spots, going from number one, the clear-cut number one team in the country, to sixth. You think fifth-ranked FSU would beat Georgia? Even with Travis Jordan, it's likely the Seminoles get routed by the Bulldogs. And by the way, Ohio State spent all season ranked in the top 10 twice, ranked number 1 and never ranked below number 6 until the final poll. Was the selection committee fair? Well, at least 3 teams will tell you no. But you know what? Life isn't fair. Thank you so much for joining us for Obu and our guest Max Chadwick. I'm Joe Maguire. We'll catch you next week for all four downs.